Hello, Grace Church Online. How's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Greg Foote, if I've never met you before, and uh, I'm the pastor of Family Ministries here at Grace, and I'm excited to uh, share with you today about uh, what uh, we're going to talk about. Um, how many of you survived the first couple days of school this last week? I know a lot of our local schools started, I'm sure, um, around the nation, different schools have started. So how many of you guys survived? Um, okay, good, good. Uh, my, uh, my family, we, uh, we started uh, Thursday, Friday this week. I, I have an eighth grader uh, in middle school, and I have a freshman in high school. So we are in that phase, learning how to do the freshman schedule, which is always fun, and we have a good time there. My wife is also a teacher, and so she's, uh, she teaches online. Uh, her name is Shannon, and so we are in school mode 100% at the Foot household. So we're in the middle of a series. We've been going through a book of the Bible called uh, Colossians. Um, and so we've been looking at this letter by, written by the Apostle Paul, and uh, it's, uh, it was a letter written to the church in, in Colossae, and uh, we're going to look at how to, how to put that into practice today more and more. But if I, I encourage you, if, if you've missed the last couple weeks, to go back and listen online, and, uh, or, or there's other uh, um, things you can watch. Uh, Pastor Dan was last week, Pastor Adam was the first week, and so I encourage you to go back and watch what they had to say. One of the things that Dan talked about last week, he did a little, a little bit of math for us, get us ready for school, and the equation that he gave us was this, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And that, that's the good foundation of where we're going to launch into our chapter today, but we need to make sure we get this fact knowing that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Meaning that when you say yes to Jesus, that's all there is. It's what Jesus has done on the cross. There's not Jesus plus you have to do church attendance and, and tithing and, and do, do, do. No, it's Jesus is all, all you need. Jesus did everything on the cross for us. We, uh, we just say yes to him and then we follow after him. And so today, we're going to look at that foundation of after you say yes to Jesus and you start following him, how, what, what are, how, do, how do we follow Jesus? And so that's what this chapter that we're going to look at today is going to be. And so I encourage you right now, if you have your Bibles or you're following on the Bible app, to turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians in the second half of your Bible, in the New Testament. And so I encourage you to turn to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look at the first uh, 17 verses today. But as you're looking, uh, getting to that uh, passage, I want to share with you a story. Actually, more than a story, I want to share with you a secret. I want to let you guys know today that um, I am a published poet. I know that might shock you, but I am a published poet. When I was in college, there was a group of people that were going around campus and they put different banners uh, at different places on bulletin boards asking for people to submit different creative art pieces, whether it be poems or music or maybe it was short stories, essays. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit a poem of mine because I, I, I like to do poetry. And you're like, Really? I do. And so one of the things that I, I enjoyed doing in high school and college was I liked to, to create haikus. And maybe you're wondering, Greg, what's a haiku? That's a great question. Haikus are Japanese poems. They're only three lines long, and they consist of the first line being five syllables, the second line being seven syllables, and the third line being five syllables. And maybe you're uh, listening going, Greg, what's a syllable? That's another great question. A syllable is just a beat. So if I say, the cat ran, it'd be, the cat ran, three syllables. So if you want to create a haiku, you have a line with five one, two, three, four, five, and then seven, so on. So I, uh, I, I sometimes I wrote down my haikus. A lot of the haikus are just in my brain. I would use haikus to pass the time away when I'd be sitting in traffic. 
um, in college or when Shannon, my wife and I, before even when we were dating, we'd be in the car and listen to stuff. And so we did those kind of things. And so you're probably wondering, well, Greg, what, what poem is published? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm, I'm going to share this poem with you today. And here it is. I'll put it here on the screen. It's this. The first line, Jesus wept in John, verse 1135, memorize it now. And so the first line is five syllables, the second line is seven, and the third line is five. And so that, that was, this was the poem that I submitted, and it, and it got published in this, in this book. And I wish I would have bought in the book. However, it was like 40 bucks. And as a college student, I wasn't about to drop $40 on, 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 a, on just a page in, in the book. But I can, I can tell you um, today that it's, it's in a book somewhere, in a library, I'm sure, but this is the, the, the poem. And maybe you're, you're, you're not familiar with this Bible, the, the Bible verse. Um, John eleven thirty five is actually the shortest book of the Bible, or verse of the Bible. And the verse is uh, Jesus wept. And so that's why that's the verse there. So anytime you read a poem, you do snap claps. And so if you want to snap clap as you're sitting there watching this online, you can do that as well. All right. Any, I'm, I wonder if any of you guys write haikus. And if you've never written a haiku, I encourage you this afternoon to start, uh, or sometime today, to, uh, to, to uh, do a haiku when you're sitting in traffic and that kind of thing. Of course, you're all listening to me and you're like, Greg, why did you share your story about a haiku? That's a great question. Well, today we're going to craft a haiku as we go through this passage of Scripture. I want to think of what, what's, what's, a, what's a way that we can read this passage of Scripture and allow the, the, the Word of God to pop in our lives, but to help it make it memorable, we're going to craft the haiku as we go through this passage. And so we're going to look at the Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. And so let's dive right in and let's look at the first uh, uh, few verses here of Colossians 3. I'm going to read in uh, verses 1 to 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So in these verses, we can make, make some observation. And so last week, when, when uh, we, we looked at chapter 2, we learned that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And so when you put your faith in Jesus, making him Lord of your life, now all of a sudden you start thinking heavenward. And so Jesus here, or Paul is talking about that we need to point our mind upward, looking to see what it is. And so setting our, uh, our hearts on things above, setting our minds on things above, so not, not on earthly things. And so as we, as we go throughout life, it's, we're thinking through the mindset of of Jesus, what what he would, how he would live, what he would do, the things that how he lived when he was among us. Um, one of the, one of the phrases that I read as I was studying this, it's living like Christians with a heavenly citizenship, knowing that that our our citizenship is in heaven when we said yes to him, and so we he's Jesus is Lord of our life, and so now it's living with that heavenly citizenship. When someone says yes to Jesus, they've allowed him to take control of their life. And so it's, it's always looking, looking upward. How can we live with our hearts and minds on things above? And so it starts by looking at, looking at the Bible. What, what, is, what, is God, what is God's word given to us? And so it's studying that. And not just uh, reading it alone, we need to do that but reading it with people. And so when we start seeing what Jesus says to us, what God says to us in his word, it allows our minds to be focused in on, 
on heaven, on heavenly things, our hearts to be attuned to what, what Jesus' heartbeat is. And by doing that, that allows us then to, to live our lives looking upward. We need to grow and, uh, and challenge one another. So to help us remember this part of the passage, the first line of our haiku, which is five syllables, is this. Followers live up. And let's just do that. Followers live up. Right? Five syllables. There you go. So that's the first line of our IQ. So we can remember that um, followers of Jesus live looking up with our minds and hearts there. We're going to continue in Colossians. We're going to look at uh, chapter in chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 5 to 11. But let's read the first few verses together um, here in chapter 3, verses <coughs> 5 and um, 5 through 7. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. So now Paul's going on here, and so our, our first little bit was looking heavenward, and now, and now Paul, as he's writing to the um, Colossians, is saying, hey, look, you need to put to death what, what the, the way you used to live. And uh, it's interesting because um, if you love lists, he, uh, Paul was really good at giving the, the list for us. Paul, Paul, uh, Paul lets the readers know that they need to sacrifice. So here's, here's the list he gives us. So obviously put to death sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. And, and it's th these evils, they, they plague um, they, they plague all created beings. No one, no one can run away from, from these kind of uh, temptations. Um, <clears throat> but one of the things to remember, though, is that uh, we are, uh, in verse 7, this is the, the key part is, it says, you used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. And so Paul is just saying, these are some things you need to put to death. And just to remind you, in case you forgot, um, by following Jesus, these are the things that you used to do. Now, just because you used to do them doesn't mean you're still tempted. And so, obviously, we're, um, people still get tempted to do these, these things after they say yes to Jesus. But the key is, is what we do with the temptation. Do we allow the temptation to then turn into um, sin? And so, it's uh, allowing the temptation to stop and then moving, continue to move on and, and, and putting ourselves, thinking heavenward, looking up to, to avoid to avoid those. We must say no to the evil promptings. Because um, sexual temptation or any temptation is not a sin in itself. It's only when we give um, into temptation that becomes evil. Um, and the one thing that we can be encouraged by is Jesus himself was tempted. And so when, when, so when Jesus was walking among here, us here on earth, he was tempted himself. But the amazing thing about that is he, he didn't sin. He remained sinless. And so as Christians following him, our thoughts need to be uh, resisted and controlled before they give birth to sin. All right, let's continue this section of Colossians, um, verse 8 here. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. So another list, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creation, creator. So here's another list he, he puts on here. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. Do not lie. And you look at, if you look at this list as well as the other list, you're like, oh man, these are all, 
These are all really, really crazy, rough things. And you're right, they are. And Paul here, God's telling Paul to write this, is to put these things to death as followers of Jesus, putting these things to death. Because if you... If you continue to live this way, your relationships are going to be all out of whack. Because if we if we're angry with people, we have rage. There's malice, slander, filthy language. It all goes it all goes sideways. And so we need to work on how do we how do we live our lives um, by not doing these things. And it's easy to as, uh, as I'm talking to you here, you're like, well, I, I, Greg, how do, how do you do that? Well, it's 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 one step at a time. You got to when you say yes to Jesus. We still gonna, these things are still going to be in our being. And so we have to work daily to, to, to make those, these things go away. And we can't do it on our own. First and foremost, we need to daily, uh, maybe even minute by minute, ask Jesus to help us through this. And then get ourselves around community of people that are going to help challenging us. And, and a, a term that, that's used in the Bible is spurring one another on. That says that in Hebrews. And what spurring is, if you're not familiar with that, any cowboys or cowgirls out there, it's the little uh, little things on the back of boots that when you um, jam those into the side of horses, it spurs them on to move. And so as we spur one another on, we can, you know, not physically, but and essentially we're jabbing each other to push each other to, to follow after him. And so it's putting to death these things, knowing that when we do that, um, our relationship with him changes. We can focus upward, our minds and our hearts upward, and then we can go outward with our relationships. With our And when we're tempted, we can realize we're not going to allow the temptation to go into sin. And it's a process. It doesn't happen like this. We live in 2021. We think everything has to happen like this. We say yes to Jesus. Therefore, all my temptations, all my sins, all my thoughts are going to go away. No, it's, it's a process. God continues to, uh, to, to work in our lives. It's, it's us trusting in him. It's us getting around biblical community, talking to people to challenge us that way, to, uh, to put to death our old way of life. Let's go on to the next verse here. And I, I kept this verse out by itself. And this is verse 11. It says this, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. In verse 11, this, this pretty much sums up that, that following Jesus is for everybody. You don't have to be like, well, I, I, can't, I can't follow him because I have this background, or, or that person can't, can't say yes to Jesus because they, they, they have this belief, or this, this they've, they're part of this religion. No, what, what, what Paul is telling us here to the church in Colossians as well as us is that there's, that there's nothing. Um, by, by following Jesus, we say yes to him as, as Savior. There's, there's no... There's no distinction. There's no, there's no stamp of, you know, oh, that person's that, that way or that, that person's, you know, he's poor, she's rich. Like they can't follow Jesus. No, it's, it's for anybody. Um, with, with Jesus, there are no distinctions like, like of the world. We don't, we don't put tags. Jesus does not put tags on people. And as followers of Jesus, we have to live that same, that same way in mindset. So to help us remember this part of the passage, verse um, Colossians 3, 5 to 11, this is the seven-syllable line. It says this, death to the earthly nature. Death to the earthly nature. Seven syllables, all right? So keep so as, you, as you're tracking along, that's the second line here for us today. All right, <clears throat> let's go to the last section we're going to look at here in Colossians. And this is Colossians 3. Um, 12 to 17. We're, we're going to read the first few verses here. So we talked about putting death to, to um, 
our earthly nature. Let's see what God has to, or yeah, God says through Paul here in verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So in these verses, Paul is telling us what it means to have a new life in Christ. And so we, we, we look up and then we put to death our sinful nature. Now this, this, this last part is, how do, what do we do? And so he's telling us, and he uses a great uh, um, picture of clothing ourselves. And here's the, here's the list of, of positives. It says this, um, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, love. And so Paul's talking to this early church saying, clothe yourselves with these. And that picture of clothing, that's not something that just happens, you know, once in a while. You clothe yourselves regularly. I mean, every day we're putting clothes on. Um, and so thinking of, thinking of putting your, your, your uh, clothes on with, with all of these um, different words, and that's how our actions and if you look at this list, maybe you're saying, I've seen these words before, maybe even in scripture. And you're right, because these, these, these words and themes are throughout. There's actually another letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians. It's a very popular um, verse in the, verses in the Bible. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's found in Galatians um, chapter 5. And, he, and Paul said this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you can see that a lot of the fruit of the Spirit is in the same list that, that Paul's telling us to live as we clothe ourselves. And imagine if we started living... Even if you, if you picked one of these words on this list, and because it's easy I, I, for me standing here talking to you, and I'm just telling you these words, and you're like, yeah, that, that's, that's great. But then after you're done listening to this, you're like, I, I, I can't do that. You're right. You, you can't do it. I look at this list, and I'm like, I would like, I would like to say I do this all the time, but I, I, I fail. Um, and so what you have to do is look at how can I be compassionate? For the next hour, right? What are some ways I can be kind to the people I come in contact with today? How can I show humility to my spouse? What are some ways that I can, I can be gentle in my actions as I'm interacting, maybe at the grocery store this week? How can I be patient as I'm driving down the highway, right? Because we all know it's easy to talk about patience until you're in the middle of the highway when someone passes you, cuts you off, and sometimes tells you you're number one because it was their fault and not yours, right? And it's hard to be patient. Forgive. But what I, what I, what I love how, what, uh, what Paul says here is uh, um, verse 14, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So as we think about... You know, I'm not just, I don't put, put this list up here and Paul's not giving us this list so we can be like, oh man, I have to do more do's, do's, do's. Because remember, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Okay, remember that foundational uh, truth. It's knowing Jesus. And by knowing Jesus, all of a sudden our lives start reflecting who he is. And by reflecting Jesus, our lives start showing compassion, kindness, 
humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and above all, it wraps it up by showing love. People will see we're different. If you're a follower of Jesus, all of a sudden people will see we're different because we're living out these words. Let's keep reading here. This is uh, Colossians 3.16. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs with the Spirit, singing to God with the gratitude in your hearts. So the, the first couple lines here, verse 15 and verse 16. So verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. And what's interesting is we think about following Jesus if we allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts, all of a sudden, those, uh, that, that list of virtues that we just talked about in the, the previous, the previous uh, um, few verses, all of a sudden is able to pop because when we have the, the peace of Christ working in our lives, we're looking upward, we're putting uh, our, old, our old self to death, um, our nature, sin nature to death, and now we're living out this way, the peace of Christ rules in our hearts. And then verse 16, it talks about um, teaching and admonish one another with all wisdom, and this is awesome, through psalms, hymns, and, so, um, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. Um, it's interesting as we read this, that, that second verse in verse 16, it's almost as like it's talking about the early Christian church. They were, they were a singing bunch, right? They, they, liked to, they liked to sing. And nowhere does it say that they, they had a good tune. I'm sure they all made a joyful noise because maybe you're listening and you're like, Greg, I can't sing. Well, I'm not the best singer either, but I will say this. I think we could all agree that when we have a tune going through our, 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 our head, it, it uh, dictates where our mind's going. And so depending on what we're listening to, how we're listening to it, and what we're doing, words to songs stick with us. Whether you're, you're working on the job, going, going to the gym, um, in the car, words of music, uh, music stick with us. And so one of the cool things that I encourage you to do is just to, 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 to listen to, to music that's, that's helping you point towards Jesus. What, 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 what's he's... Who, who he is and what he's about. Because by, by putting those kind of, that, that music in your brain, it allows you to, uh, to dictate where your heart's going. And so that, that helps. I'm not saying that's the only music you listen to because there's so much good stuff out there. But I will say this, putting that um, in, our, in our minds. Another thing to do too is just uh, looking at scripture. I mean, God's given us his word and there's so many great verses in here that you can memorize. And maybe it's, looking at passages or verses of scripture that you can put into your mind and maybe even making a song out of that. And so as you're going throughout your day, it's just thinking, what are some ways that I can allow the word of God um, to just um, help me through my, my day? And so by doing, by living out that way, it's putting the, the peace of Christ in our hearts and the message of Christ dwelling among me, not just when I'm sitting and listening um, to, a, to a message online or when I'm going to church or listening to a podcast, but it's allowing the Word of God to dwell within me, within you, on a, on a regular basis. <clears throat> All right, let's look at the, the last verse of this section uh, today, and that's uh, Colossians 3.17. It says this, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Paul says specifically, whatever you do, whether spoken or acted, is to be done in God's power. 
So God wants us to do whatever in word and deed. And so maybe you're wondering, well, uh, what, what, is, what, is, what does that mean? So whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the, the, two, the two words I want to highlight here is whatever and all. The, the, the New Testament was written in Greek. And so the, in, in New Testament, this word all, you know what it means in, in Greek? It means all. And so in whatever, you know what whatever means in Greek? It means whatever. So Paul here is telling the Colossians church and us that whatever we do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what that means is we have a chance to, to live and represent Jesus by, by not just some of the things we do. And it's not, and he didn't say you have to do this and this and this, and then you can then you can live that way. He just says, no, whatever you do, and it builds on what we've already talked about earlier, all those virtues. If we if we live with with all those virtues, binding all together in love, whatever we do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. So what I mean by that is, so I want you to pause right now and uh, and think of what's something that you can do in the name of Jesus in the next hour. Because it's easy for me to stand up here and to say this, and we can read this in a passage, but apply that to your life like here and now. Just take a moment and, and write down how you can how you can consciously live this out in the next hour today. And uh, I don't know I don't know who I'm talking to here online, but I'm I'm sure online there's probably some a retired person, a grandparent, retired. What can you do to, to live out what this, what this verse is saying? And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name. What, what, what can you do with your, you have a lot of you know, different time, different responsibilities that you have, different than what you did. How can you, how can you live that out? Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're working a job. Maybe you're watching this while you're at your job. Tell your boss I said hi. But one of the things that you can do while you're at your job, how do you live this out? How do people at your job know that we follow Jesus, that, that, that most importantly, that you are reflecting Jesus to the world by, by, by who you are. Maybe you're, you're, you're at home, you, you work at home, or maybe you just watch this at home. What are some ways that you can apply this at home as, 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 a, as a mom, a dad, aunt, uncle, neighbor, parent, um, spouse? How do we do that with each other? Um, when you go from place to place as you're in your car, right? <laughs> when that person does cut us off in traffic, how do we Live this out. And then finally, as at school as a student, as a freshman in high school, how, how do you do this? Here's the, here, you do it by just putting it into practice. And you do it daily. Because if you try to, if you try to just quick fix and make it happen today, you might, you might get it done. But it's like when you start a weight loss program or a, an exercise routine. If you just try to go zero to 60 on the first day, you're going to be dog tired and you'll quit. But it's like, what, what's the, the little things you do? And so when you have done, lived this out for a week, and then you look back and going, okay, I could do better. Three weeks, two months, a year, five years. All of a sudden you look back and you're going, because I, I started making some changes and I started following Jesus a different way and, and putting into practice what he said and, and realizing I couldn't do this on my own. I needed help. 
I, uh, I was able to do this because of, of where I've been. And so I encourage you to, to put a plan together. Don't just, don't just uh, read the verse, listen to a message, close your Bible and be like, oh, that was great. No, how can we put, apply that to our, our lives? This will put our last line to our um, haiku. Okay, we're going to put the whole haiku together in just a second. And so the last line of the haiku is this. It's all for King Jesus. Five syllables. All for King Jesus. So today we've been a lot of places here in, the, in Colossians chapter 3. We've learned a lot of things. And so we're going to look at the haiku together. And then um, it's, it's, uh, the first line is this. Um, is followers live up. The second line is this, death to earthly nature. And the third line, all for King Jesus. Give yourself some snap claps. Okay, there you go. Okay. So these verses um, sum up what, what, the, what this message is, is that God wants to tell us. Is we, we, need to, we, need, we need to look up, look heavenward with our hearts and our minds. Putting death to the earthly nature, the things that, 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 that we used to live in, or maybe some of us are living in now, putting those to death. And I want to let you know, it, it can be done, but it can't be done on our own. We need the help of Jesus. We need to ask him, Jesus, take this from me. You saved, you saved me from it. And ask him for that. And get yourself around people who can encourage you, spur you on. And then... Um, we live for King Jesus by, by, by those virtues and then everything we do, whether we're, we're going to, to work or we're going to school or we're going, we're going to the retirement club, everywhere in between, we're living for God. Um, and we have to live out these verses um, today in, our, in, in, a, in a community setting. So find people you can do life together with. Will you close in prayer with me today? Father God, I thank you so much for this message, for this, uh, for these verses. God, uh, you are in control. And God, help us to, to put to death what we need to put to death. Help us to, uh, to put to life what needs to be put to life. And most importantly, we just ask for your help. God, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.